Welcome to Western Hills Podcast. And if we're starting a new series, that means that we are wrapping up a series, this Do I Have To series, where we are looking at what it looks like to follow Jesus when others are involved. And that other is the person in our, in our lives where we say, I really just don't want to go out tonight because I'll see that person and I really just don't want to see that person. You know, they, they smell bad and say, I don't, want to, I don't want to go near them. And Scott started us off with love. Do I have to love that person? They're just so hard to love. But what we've been seeing on the screen over and over again this week is love God and love people. And then Scott went on to, to preach about serving one another and encouraging one another and how that can be overlooked in our week and how, how that can actually help our relationships. And this morning as we're wrapping up, we're going to talk about something that is extremely difficult to do in our lives, and that is to forgive one another. Do I have to forgive? Do I have to forgive the person who wrecked my car? Do I have to forgive the person who cut me off on the highway? Do I have to forgive the person who broke my heart? Do I have to forgive the person who stole something precious in my life? Do I have to forgive the family member who is no longer a part of our family? Do I have to forgive that person? And it's extremely difficult to do. I understand that. Because what, what forgiveness looks like, what the world you know, gives a stigma to forgiveness and what that looks like is if I forgive that person, then they win and I don't want them to win, right? If I give them forgiveness, then that means that I'm letting them off the hook. That's what forgiveness can feel like, but that is, is not true at all. Forgiveness is not letting that person off the hook. And whenever we were, whenever I was a kid growing up, my family, we would play three games, three games all, you know, holidays, Christmas break, Thanksgiving. We'd play 42 dominoes, kick the can, and cops and robbers. I don't know if y'all have ever played any of those games, but I love playing those games because you, you, were, you were hunting down, you know, your other family member. And in Cops and Robbers, it was the good versus the bad. And you would be, you know, hiding behind, you know, the walls. Or you'd be hiding behind a desk. Or you'd be hiding, you know, under your bed. And as soon as somebody comes across your line of sight, you always say, gotcha. Right? You know that gotcha moment where you've got them in, in your sights and you're not going to let them go. Or you're not going to let them off the hook. Remember, in kick the can, you would put that person in jail, right? You would put that person in prison. Or in cops and robbers, you, you would put that robber in jail. And never once growing up, whenever we said, gotcha, we would never say, you know what? I'm actually going to lay down my guns and I'm going to let you go. No, 
If you, if you won, if you got them, you made sure they were out. You made sure they went into the other room. You made sure they weren't playing. You never said, yeah, okay, fine, I'll let you go. And you can go on playing. When you got your sister, oh man, that was the best. That was the best. And she's, you know, she's angry because you got her. And oh, I love that. My sister's going to watch this tomorrow. She knows what I'm talking about. She knows. Never once did we lay down our guns and say, I'm going to let you go. But let me make this very clear. Letting someone go is not the same as letting them off the hook. When it comes to forgiveness, letting someone go is not the same as letting someone off the hook. Because letting them go, laying down our guns, is exactly what we are asked to do. And that phrase, laying down our guns, that that comes from a song that I heard a long time ago from one of my favorite artists. His name is John Mark McMillan. And he wrote the song, How He Loves. And he is just a lyrical genius. And I quote him way too many times, but I'm going to hear And he has a song called Guns. And in in this live version, he goes on like a mini rant. He goes on like a two-minute sermon, which some of you might wish you could hear this morning. I'm sorry, but you're not going to get a two-minute sermon. And he goes on this mini rant where he says, Love can break your bones, but broken bones tell stories, and broken bones sing songs. So I'm laying down my guns. I'm laying down my guns. I'm laying down my guns. If that means I get to sing along. And what that quote means is that you are at war with someone else. You are battling it out and you have got your guns up against one another. And what forgiveness is saying is, you know what? There is a greater song out there that I can sing There is a song of redemption. There is a song of peace. There is a song that wraps you in love, a song of gentleness and kindness, a song that praises God and knows that God has got me covered. There's a greater song out there for us to sing. And by not forgiving somebody, we are blocking ourselves from singing it. We're stopping ourselves dead in our tracks. So what this song says is I'm laying down my guns and I'm forgiving. If that means I get to sing along. If that means I get to sing this better song. Because what scripture tells us is that forgiving somebody is exactly what we are called to do. Even when they don't deserve it. Even when they haven't even said, I'm sorry. And what we find in Colossians in chapter 3, if you want to turn there now, we're going to be, start in verse 12. And we're going to hone in on these three verses for the rest of the day. Starting in verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. And forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Forgive 
as the Lord forgave you. We are completely, perfectly okay with about half of that verse, right? Because we love it when God forgives us. We love it when the Lord our God forgives us. We love it whenever we mess up, but we know that forgiveness is there waiting for us. We love being covered by grace and we love being wrapped in the arms of God. We love that the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross saves us and redeems us of our sins. And we should love that. We should pine for that. But when it comes to forgiving others, that part we're not as on board with. And what scripture tells us is, aren't you so glad that the Lord forgave you? And we should love that enough to where we should forgive others. And it's not easy, I know it. But with God, we are able to do it. And we have to do it. The answer to that question, do I have to? The answer here is no doubt. And the reason why is because your relationships with God and with others will be impacted greatly when you forgive the person that impacted you greatly. Your relationships will change for the better when you forgive the person that broke you. And I know that you're thinking how, well, I've got a plan. And if you follow along with this plan, I think we will get to the point, I believe we will get to the point to where we're able to forgive. There are a few steps that we need to take. Step one is to uncover your hurt. Step one is to uncover your hurt. I know that sounds painful now, but this is a very important step to start off with. And the key here for uncovering your hurt is to get specific. Get specific with what hurt you and what is painful whenever it comes to what that person did. And your hurt could be a number of things. Your, your hurt could be anger. Somebody made you the most mad you have ever been in your entire life. Or somebody broke your heart and now you are, are bitter. Or maybe you have guilt and shame. Or maybe somebody instilled fear in you. Your hurt, your hurt could be a number of things. And this is the first step is uncovering it and get specific. What my dad used to do whenever my sister and I used to get in fights, whenever I got her in the game of cops and robbers and she got mad or something, what he would do with us is he would sit us down on the steps. He would look us in the eye and he would ask one of us, what happened? And the other person was not allowed to talk. And boy, you're, I mean, you're shaking. You just can't wait to talk. You know, you're, you're just waiting for the moment to, to where you can tell your side of the story. But he would make sure that the other one couldn't talk. And he would ask my sister, he would say, Lacey, give me a step-by-step -step of what happened. Or he would say, Lane, tell me exactly what happened and what went down. And he would make us go from the start to the, to the end, go minute by minute, 
action by action, moment by moment. That way we could get as specific as possible with what hurt the other person. And that is what we have to do on this first step. Once you leave here, go to Walmart, grab a journal, grab a good pen, go step by step and circle right there with that moment where you were hurt. Because whenever you forgive and it's too general, your forgiveness will not feel genuine to you. But if you forgive that specific thing, you will know that it is covered. And once you uncover the hurt, you can decide to do two things. And this is step two. You can decide to forgive or you can decide to hold on. Now we're not at forgiveness yet. This is a very important step because if you decide to hold on to that hurt, to that anger, to that frustration, to that fear, to that pain, to your guilt and your shame, what you are doing by holding on to that is you are bottling it up and you are suppressing it inside of you and you are not releasing it. Therefore, these emotions are growing they're festering. They're eating on you. And they are going to come out. If you hold these emotions, you hold that hurt in, you're only hurting yourself and those around you. But if you decide to forgive, you're deciding to release it all. You're deciding to let go. So now you have a decision to make. And when you decide to forgive, it's time to do step three, which is the action of forgiving. Now the difference here is that you are giving your forgiveness a voice. You are saying it out loud. You are saying, I forgive, insert name. You're saying it out loud. You're saying it to your spouse. You're saying it to your family and friends. You're saying it to God. And even a step further, you're saying it to the person. Now, I know that some of us in here, maybe you've lost contact with that person. Maybe you don't know where to, to reach them. You don't have an address. You don't have a phone number or a Facebook, you don't know where to reach that person. And that's okay, but this step is so important. Saying it out loud, giving your forgiveness a voice is so important. Some of us in here, maybe the person we have to forgive is a loved one that passed away. And maybe what you're holding on to is this hurt because it's the only thing you have. And I'm telling you right now that you can let that go. Because whenever you forgive, whenever you lay down your guns, you hand the outcome over to God. When you lay down your guns and forgive, you hand the outcome over to God. And what this requires is this requires 
incredible faith. This requires 100% of your faith. And now faith is knowing that you do not have the answers, knowing that you do not know what's going to happen, but knowing that God has got you covered. And you being in love with that, that is what having faith means. And so what if you, you prayed like that? What if we prayed like that to where we said, God, I, I don't know what is going to happen. I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I don't know what their response is going to be. God, I don't know how I am going to react. I'll probably be an emotional wreck. But God, I know you've got me covered. Boy, what if we prayed like that? And what if we told the person that we are forgiving that we're handing them over into the hands of God? That when we let them go, what if we told them, hey, just as the Lord forgave me, I forgive you. And I wipe my hands of this. You no longer have control over me. But I am handing you over into the hands of God. Now, you want to send a shock down somebody's spine, you hand them over to the hands of God, that'll do the trick right there. What if we told that person that message? Giving your forgiveness a voice is exactly what Roy Wilmon did. Roy Wilmon is, is a father, and his children went to Harding University and he was speaking at a Harding Chapel recently, not, not too long ago, where he was speaking on forgiveness. Because in 1995, his daughter Carla was attending Harding. And on Easter Sunday, she was studying and she realized that she needed to go grab something from Walmart, needed to get something from Walmart. And it was just going to be a quick trip. And so she leaves her, her notepad open, leaves the cap off the pen, leaves the lamp on, leaves the books there because she knows that this is going to be a quick trip to Walmart. But on that Easter Sunday, when she's at Walmart, she's kidnapped by two men. And she is taken to one of the man's brother's house. And she is... Uh, She's abused, and they end up taking her life. They put her body in, in the trunk of the car, and they're, they're driving off with gasoline in there to get rid of the evidence. And they drive into a ditch and get the car stuck. So now these two men are debating, well, do we burn the evidence here or do we try to get it out? It could take a while. And they end up just fleeing the scene. Until a couple days later, one of the men turns himself in and testifies against the other. And as you can imagine, Roy and Jeannie Wilmon are just devastated. Absolutely broken. To the core. And eight months go by before the trial for the first man happens. And they sit through the trial. They sit through all the, the details. And the man gets life in prison without parole. 
And then a couple weeks later, the trial for the second man comes up and they decide we can't listen to any more of this. So they just decide whatever the judge decrees, that's what we agree with. And the second man gets life in prison without parole at another prison. And 20 years go by. Until in, 19, or until in 2015, Roy is looking over some newspaper clippings from that, from that day and he comes across a prayer written down by his wife. And this prayer says, I hope to find it in myself to find some type of peace in my heart to forgive them for what they did. 20 years have gone by. And Roy decided that, you know, he had been suppressing these emotions. He'd been suppressing the memory. He'd been suppressing these feelings. And that is what he thought forgiveness was. But then he and his wife started talking about it. And they decided, they were convicted that they need to let these two men know that they are indeed forgiven. And so Roy writes them both a letter with his definition of forgiveness. And here's his, his quote. To forgive someone is not to say that what that person did was okay. It simply means abandoning the desire for retaliation and revenge. And granting forgiveness along with concern for that person's future welfare. Abandoning the desire for retaliation and revenge, laying down your guns in order that you can sing along. And that, that, does, that concern for someone's future welfare, that's this fourth step, which is to put on love, just as Colossians tells us, to put on Love in whatever form that looks like. Roy and Jeannie, whenever they decided to put on love, they visited the two prisoners every other week. They began to tell these two prisoners about Jesus Christ and about the forgiveness that they have felt from the cross. They started telling them stories of the gospel and they started telling these men that you are not lost, you can still be saved. You can still have the love and forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers. And these two men are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And Roy Wilmon credits all of this. He's quoted in this article. He credits this to a few words of forgiveness. That's all it took for these two men to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And now Mitchell Skinner, one of the men, leads worship and singing in his prison congregation. He leads worship now. And Patrick Patterson, the other man, has baptized three other prisoners. When you forgive, the kingdom of God has the opportunity to expand. When you put on love, that means that you are letting Jesus Christ and the love of, G of God and the forgiveness of the cross, you are letting that reign in your life. You're letting the kingdom of God conquer your hurt. And you are letting go. 
You're letting the kingdom of God expand. That is what putting on love can do. Roy Wilmot, he's saying all of this in the Harding Chapel, and he tells the students this, this simple charge. It took him 20 years to get to this point. And he tells the students at Harding exactly what I'm going to tell you now. Don't be so tardy with your forgiveness. Don't be so tardy with your forgiveness because Jesus Christ was not tardy when he forgave you. He was not late when he forgave you. And so we must forgive as the Lord forgave us. And we cannot be tardy with our forgiveness. We cannot be tardy when it comes to putting on love because the kingdom of God can expand. The kingdom of God can reign in the hearts of those who broke you. To the person who cut you to the core, the Lord forgave me, so I forgive you. To the person who took everything from you, the Lord forgave me, and I forgive you. To the person who ripped your family apart, to the person who left your family at a young age, to the person who you have no contact with and who you might not want to see for the rest of your life. The Lord forgave me, therefore you are forgiven. There is a greater song of compassion, kindness, gentleness, patience. And when we put on love, we are wrapped in the arms and of the love of a father and of God. There's a greater song out there that we can sing. So I'm laying down my guns. If that means I get to sing along. If you'll bow your heads with me. God, I pray that we can be a church that forgives. I pray that whenever we get to that point, whenever we go through these steps, that we know that you are with us every step of the way. And God, I, I pray that whenever we uncover our hurt, we know that you are there to heal. And God, I pray that whenever we decide to forgive instead of hold on, that you are there for us. And God, whenever we put a voice to our forgiveness, let it be your voice that is coming out of us. And God, whenever we put on love, may we be putting on the same love that you give us. May we forgive as you have forgiven us. Thank you so, so much for your forgiveness, God. I pray that this week we start practicing that. Putting on your love. Because it will heal our relationships not only with you, but with the other. God, we love you. It is in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Western Hills podcast. Please visit our website, westernhillsonline.org, to find out more about us.